Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With calves turned out to grass, Vetney Field identifies the common parasite challenges young stock encounter and gives us tips and advice to treat effectively. With young stock, I suppose they go out to grass initially with no immunity to any of the parasites they encounter. Um, and the main ones they come across would be your gut worms, uh, lung worm, and also fluke. Um, they generally don't encounter problems with liver fluke until later on in the grazing season coming into housing. So the most topical ones this time of the year would be your gut worms and your lung worm. And if we delve into that, Neve, so, so firstly, if we look at gut worm, you know, what are the contributing factors to our younger stock picking up gut worm during the early grazing season? So with turning, turning young stock out to grass, um, ideally you're going to want to reduce the risk to them early on in the grazing season to stop it, the problem building up as the summer goes on. So pastures that were grazed by calves the previous summer may contain eggs on the pasture that have overwintered from the previous season. So ideally, you wouldn't have permanent calf pastures year to year when it comes to gut worm. Uh, rotating the calves around um, is much better. So not every farmer has um, clean paddocks such as aftergrass or reseeded paddocks early in the grazing season. But even if calves were turned out onto paddocks that had been grazed by adult animals the previous season, that, that can help because adult cows and older animals shed a lot less eggs than calves. And talk through that, you know, you're saying that the, um, they're surviving over winter. Um, you know, what is the survival length? And, you know, is it every second year you could return calves to maybe the, the, the calf paddock? Yeah, so they think that, that gut worms and, and even lung worm as well um, can survive for a number of months on paddocks. Not, now, a lot of the worm eggs and worms will, will die off over the winter with frost, but particularly if there's a mild winter, um, you may have higher numbers of eggs early in the grazing season that when the sun comes out and conditions warm up a bit, they will basically germinate and become infective again. Um, so you can have a very quick uh, buildup of infection on those type of paddocks. Now, I know it's very common for, for farmers to only have one particular paddock that they can use for calves every year. So if that's the case, there's, there's ways to manage that. But it's, it's useful to know that, that that is a risk. And at least when you know that risk is there, you can manage it. And I suppose like, you know, in the practicalities of that, you know, it's generally a handy paddock near the shed for fear that, you know, bad weather returns and, and young stock have to be rehoused. But I guess if if people have that in their mind that, you know, looking to alternate the calf paddock, um, you know, that maybe there are other options when we look around the farm. Looking then to symptoms, Neve, like what exactly would tell you that uh, calves have a, a heavy burden in terms of gut worms? So with gut worms, um, the obvious symptoms would include your loose feces or diarrhea, 
um, and then calves that are thin or, or aren't growing. Those, those are the obvious ones, but they're not very commonly seen either um, these times because a lot of dosing does tend to happen. Um, so more subtle signs that farmers may not notice would be kind of ill thrift, uh, where a calf isn't gaining weight as it should uh, to the level that it should every day. Um, and those kind of subclinical losses of, um, of weight can, can go unnoticed for a number of weeks um, before the farmer may, may get to dose them. And looking then, Neve, to treatment strategies for, say, gut worm in particular. So with gut worm, um, there's, as we, we, we may know, there's a lot of resistance to the, the treatments now. There's three classes of drugs that we use to treat gut worms. Um, and there, there has been resistance reported to all three classes of drugs in Ireland. So we have to be careful um, when, we're, when we're using these treatments. So the traditional way um, would have always been to try and protect the calves as much as possible and dose every three to four weeks throughout the grazing season. But what, what's a better strategy now would be to try and bring in some more monitoring, routine monitoring of the parasite burdens in your calves. So um, within the first eight weeks of the grazing season, typically there would be low numbers of eggs present in the calves and on the grass. So leaving your dosing till later on in the second half of the grazing season is an option with maybe taking fecal samples early in the grazing season to, to monitor the levels. And, and when they build up to a level of around 200 eggs per gram, that's typically the cutoff we'd say that the calves need to be dosed. Um, another good strategy is this time of the year now, there's silage being cut everywhere. And it's also the time of year when worm burdens may be building up in paddocks. So if you have aftergrass available, move your calves onto that aftergrass. It's much lower risk and should have very, very low or negligible amount of eggs on the paddock. Um, and you can dose the calves before you move them, but ensure that you leave the calves on the old paddock for a few days before you move them after dosing. So I, I suppose that's a very good point, um, Neve, that you're making. And it's interesting, you know, there was a strategy previously of dose and move. So why do you recommend that farmers return the calves to the paddock they have been grazing after they dose? Well, because mainly it's it's due back to due back to resistance again. So when you dose calves, we, we know there's resistance to all the different doses now. So the calves will be left with just resistant worms in their gut after dosing. And if you move them to the new clean paddock straight away after dosing, they will then pass those resistant worms out onto that clean paddock. And that paddock will then for the rest of the season only have resistant worms on it. Whereas if you wait a few days on the old paddock and let the calves take in some, un, some worms that aren't resistant to the treatment or haven't come into contact with the treatment, when they are moved then to the new paddock, it'll dilute the resistant worm population. So there'll be a mixture of resistant worms and then worms that the treatment will still work for. OK, and and if we move on then, um, Neve, I suppose I want to pick up on a point with you about um, the um, faecal sampling, but we, we might um, discuss lungworms first. And again, um, like gut worms, you know, what are the symptoms for lungworms in young stock? 
So lungworm is um, a very different type of parasite to gut worm. Um, it can be very much uh, more severe than gut worms, especially in young calves. So you can have just mild coughing just when you move the calves with lungworm right up all the way to severe respiratory distress and pneumonia. Um, and lungworm infections can come on very quickly um, and unpredictably. So it's very important that farmers are regularly monitoring their calves and that they know the signs of lungworm to watch out for. Um, typically with lungworm, it's more of an issue in the second half of the grazing season from late June, July onwards. Um, so that time of the year, you need to be looking at your calves obviously every day and getting them up and moving them when you're out in the field with them. And if, they're, if you're noticing a cough and an increase in coughing when you move the calves, it might be a good idea then um, to think about dosing them for lungworm. And any ways, Neve, that farmers can reduce the risk of lungworm? Lungworm is more difficult to manage than gut worms when it comes to your thinking of your grass and your pastures. Um, you can try to avoid paddocks that calves were on the previous year and I would especially recommend that if your calves had lungworm the previous year. So try not to put your calves out onto paddocks where there were lungworm infections on it the previous year because there's a high chance that there's lungworm larvae on that paddock early in the summer and you could get some early infections. But even still, if you have a clean paddock um, at, at a later time in the grazing season, you turn them out onto aftergrass, lungworm seems to be able to find a way to get onto these clean paddocks. So really vigilance is the key and dosing the entire group early um, in the, at the start of the infection. And when you talk about to- dosing, like um, uh, go further down that trail, Neve, in terms of treatment strategies and, and uh, what would you recommend there? Well, with lungworm, we're actually lucky that there's much less resistance with lungworm to our drugs. Uh, the drugs that we use for lungworm are the exact same as for gut worms. And you can use long acting uh, treatments as well. If your farm has a history of lungworm infections in calves, these may be a good option early in the grazing season to give the, the calves some protection uh, for the, right through until the middle to the, the second half of the, of the grazing season. Um, but bearing in mind that once these long acting drugs wear off, uh, the calves may be susceptible again, but they can help. And there's also the option with lungworm of a vaccination. Um, it's not widely used in Ireland at the minute, but there is one available. Um, it's a dose vaccine that you give down the throat and it needs to be completed before the calves get turned out to grass. So that, that can be challenging because it, it's quite early on um, in the season. But um, it does. It is effective in in boosting the immunity um, in farms where lungworm is a problem. And Neve, in, in terms of lungworm, how can farmers identify the burden? So, so obviously you've identified the symptoms, but is, is it similar to gut worms in terms of doing a fecal sample to assess the, I suppose, the overall burden on the the group of stock? It, you can do fecal sample testing for lungworm as well. However, with gut worms, you're measuring fecal eggs, whereas with with lungworm, you have to try and measure the larvae. They don't, the calves don't shed eggs, they shed actual larvae, and these larvae don't last very long in the dung. So it's important if you want to test 
dung samples for lungworm larvae that it's a very fresh sample, ideally taken directly from the calf, not off the ground, and that it gets to the lab within 48 hours um, for testing. And uh, fecal sampling for lungworm can be useful to confirm an infection, but oftentimes by the time they're shedding larvae in their dung, they'll already have the clinical signs, they'll already be starting to cough. So it's better not to wait for the results um, and be basing your treatment just solely on seeing larvae in the dung. And let's go a little bit further into detail on um, the faecal sampling. So I suppose firstly, Neve, is there much faecal sampling happening across farms in Ireland at the moment? Um, it's, it's becoming more common. Um, you do get more inquiries about it. I don't know, have any knowledge of any surveys that have been done on, on faecal sampling, but definitely the labs do take in um, samples every week during the grazing season. So it is happening, but it'd be great if there was more of it happening because it's a, a really useful tool to get to know the dynamics of parasites on your farm. Uh, you can see, you know, if you're taking samples throughout the grazing season monthly or, or every six weeks, you'll see, well, you know, on my farm that the numbers only tend to rise at the very, very end of the grazing season. So maybe I don't need to be dosing my calves in the first uh, four weeks. Um, or on another farm, they might find actually on my particular paddocks, I seem to be seeing worms very early on in the grazing season. So I do need to be using doses right at the start of the season to try to reduce the burden over the season. So from that point of view, it's, it's good. And they're not expensive. And if you're bringing your calves in for other reasons, such as weighing, weighing is also a very good monitoring tool for for um, for parasites. Uh, it's you can you can fecal sample your calves. Then it is possible to pool the samples too. You don't have to be taking just individual samples in pots. You can pool up to five five to ten calves in in a sample. Ideally, uh, no more than five or six because the samples can get too dilute, but that can bring down the cost of it as well and, and give you an idea of the burdens in your in your um, herd. And I guess, Neve, looking for, for farmers who are, you know, listening today and thinking, God, maybe this is something that I, I can try and it would be very useful for my farm. You mentioned a few things there um, in terms of pooling um, faecal samples across a number of animals. And, you know, the, the, the guideline there is five to ten. And you also mentioned ideally you get it straight from the animal as opposed to picking it up off the ground. So for a farmer who is, you know, going to try this practice, you know, you know, give us an example of best practice procedure to collect the faecal sample. Well, uh, you'd ideally identify if you're taking individual samples, you'd have your pot labeled with the animal ID. It's a very simple thing, but it's often forgotten. Um, if you're pooling samples, this may not be necessary, but um, label the pots with the animal ID and your herd number. Get the calves in the crush. If they're very small, taking it directly from the calf is going to be difficult. So in that case, you can stand the young calves in the yard or in the crush and wait for them to defecate themselves and take that fresh sample up off the ground then. Um, 
in older animals then as they get bigger it may be possible to take it directly from the from the calf but from personal experience it's it's often not easy to do so i find standing them in in a yard and waiting for a few minutes you you will get a good number of samples that way looking to the consequences of um i suppose a lack of treatment or resistance in in your method of treatment you know what are the overall consequences for stock um you know as a result of i suppose a, a poor strategy um for parasite burdens neve well there's two there's two ways it can go so if you're if you're underdosing and not dosing frequently enough um, you could be having subclinical losses of weight in your in your herd that you may not notice with the naked eye, but if you were weighing your calves, you'll see that they are not making their targets in terms of daily gains. So that's where weighing regular weighing of calves can give you an early warning system that you know maybe there's an, a parasite problem um, going through the herd, um, and combining that with your regular fecal sampling. On the other hand. If you're overdosing, so your, your treatment is too frequent um, and you're using the same drugs over and over again, we can be looking at a resistance problem developing in your herd where the, wor- the worms on your farm become resistant to those drugs. Um, and then you will start to see treatment failures where the, the drugs aren't working, the lungworm, uh, well, not lungworm, um, the gut worm uh, more so, uh, doesn't respond to the the drugs that you're using. So in terms of resistance, it's very important to um, make sure you're dosing to the correct weight is a is a basic rule of thumb. So um, ideally, you'd have a weigh scales when you're when you're dosing animals, but otherwise, make sure you're erring on the side of dosing um, slightly over what you think they need to make sure they're getting their full dose. Um, also, in terms of resistance. We want to be trying to reduce the frequency of our dosing over the grazing season because the more frequently you use a treatment the more opportunities the worms have to become resistant to that drug so ideally like that using your regular fecal sample monitoring will let you know when you need to dose and when's the best time when the burdens are high and leaving it till later in the grazing season when on 90 percent of farms we don't see problems with gut worm or lung worm till the second half of the grazing season. Um, so simple points like that and trying to, to use those clean paddocks after grass when they become available, that will all help reduce the amount of treatments you're using. So it helps the pocket, number one, with the amount of money you spend on these doses, but also helps reduce resistance. And I think, look, Niamh, there's a lot of food for thought um, throughout our conversation today and a lot of take home messages for farmers. You know, I think to sum up um, your tip at the start about, you know, looking at alternative paddocks to turn calves out to grass, um, you know, each year is something that we need to consider across farms. And again, the preventing and reducing the risk, um, you know, looking at those clean paddocks that are, um, you know, maybe you're after grass. I also think it would be very useful for farmers to talk to their their own vet, um, you know, maybe looking at the practice of faecal sampling, but also to um discuss the most appropriate product that they would use and you know looking at that uh, resistance piece and and how effective their their treatments are currently and and finally the practice of weighing like the weighing will tell you a lot and as you say you know you're either bringing them into dose or bring them into weigh and and all of this can be done at the one time thank you Neve. thanks very much emma louise that's it for this week's episode of the dairy edge podcast 
and my thanks to Neefield for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.